Motives, welcome back to the Behind Your Motive podcast. Today I am joined with the incredible Marcus Chan. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me today. In episode 35, I am joined with Marcus. He trains people to sell more without needing years of experience in the field. But I was fortunate enough today to discover what's behind his motive and pull back the curtains into his childhood. We will learn how having a positive network of people growing up is vital, uncover how he developed himself at an early age and how he fuels his day in the mornings even when he doesn't have to. Now let's discover what's behind Marcus's motive. Marcus, thank you so much for joining me on the Behind Your Motive podcast. How are you going today? Hey, Yash, I'm great, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to chat with you all the way from America. Yeah, other side of the planet. I've been doing this quite a few times this week and a couple of weeks ago. So it's great to get to know a bit more people from your side of the planet. <laughs> Absolutely. And likewise, you know. <laughs> yeah, perfect. This is probably a new experience for you as well, isn't it? From someone from Australia. You know, I've, I've, I've had a couple. I think I've been on a New Zealand one. I've been on an Australia one. I mean, I've been pretty fortunate. I've been on a few different podcasts. I've been just across, across the world, right? You know, yeah, so sure. I think my last Australia one, it was like 4 a.m. my time. <laughs> that was the oh. only time we could make it work. So when I saw yours for me right now, it's like it's afternoon. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm flexible as well now. That's, yeah. that's very good. Um, tell me a bit more about you and how you're impacting your audience. I know you have a bit of an Instagram page. Um, you also have different things going on. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, I'm Marcus Chen. I'm the founder of Venley Consulting Group. And it's a business I started about uh, nine, 10 months ago. And I work directly with B2B sales professionals to help them sell more and earn more. And the big reason I started this business is, you know, a lot of times people that are in kind of the sales training type of business, they usually focus on, you know, working with large organizations and really from the, the money perspective. When I started my business, um, what I wanted to focus on was directly that business professional who wants to sell more. And, and by building my business around that, focusing specifically on them, it's allowed me to have a better impact, right? And even though it, it's, it's fun to fly to a place, work with a company, do a big training for like, you know, a bunch of, you know, sales professionals for, you know, three, four, five days, I know once I'm gone, that excitement and high will go down and who knows how results are going to be. Yeah. So with what I do right now, by being able to work directly with them, right, really across the world, I can help give them the tools, the support, the training, the mindset to actually get a sustainable results that help them achieve all the professional and personal goals. And that's what I love what I do. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 months or so. Uh, but before that, I was working in corporations for 14 plus years, which I loved as well. And I started from outside sales and then working my way up, got promoted 10 times in 10 years. Uh, you know, by the end of it, I was leading an organization of 110 employees. We did about nine figures a year in revenue every single year, won a bunch of awards and all those cool things. And those, that was all great. And I love that. But I knew by working with somebody else, I, I, I was limited by my impact. I could impact mm. more my team. Of course. So that's why when I made that transition, it was like, okay, you know what? I want to make a larger impact on the world by doing what I do. And the only way I can do that is by starting my own business, 
doing exactly what I just told you how to do now. So uh, it's been an incredible journey really since, uh, you know, I've graduated college really. And uh, it's been amazing because now I get the opportunity to really impact and influence people to help them achieve all the professional goals through being awesome at selling. Yeah, perfect, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what what professionals are you targeting? What What's your target audience, do you think? Is it more the the actual sales professional who has a business and wanting to sell more? Or who, who are you actually targeting? Yeah, so my primary targets that I usually work with are, uh, they're not usually entrepreneurs. Some are entrepreneurs, but most of them are business to business sales professionals. So they work for a company, whether they're selling you know, software or healthcare, pharmaceuticals, industrial supplies, or whatever. And they work for somebody else. And majority of companies out there do, do not provide good training or even, you know, up-to-date modern sales training. So those are the ones I work primarily with. They're usually business to business for the most part, okay. right? Um, and usually their level of experience does not really matter. So whether they're brand new or 20 plus years, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what I found is majority of the time, people who are have been successful in sales usually never got trained. They kind of figure it out, right? And what I'm doing is filling that gap because not many figure it out. Many actually struggle and never actually exceed their goals. For example, uh, depending on which stat you look at, it's not, it's, it's pretty common about 50, 50% of people will actually hit their quota. If you think about that, that means half your sales force is missing their number, right? Wow. Which is scary, yeah. which means they're also not, uh, you know, making the money they want, doing the thing they want. And turnover usually is 40, 50% as well. So they're not making the money. They're quitting their job or getting fired and they're changing jobs every few years. It yeah. really leads to a bad cycle. Of course. And that's where my focus help fix that for the ones I work directly with. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely going to be a big market for that, isn't there? Because you can imagine a lot of people aren't trained properly in really in any industry that you look at, like, and you go in there, go with the business, help with the business and train them. Like for instance, with me, I had my previous job as a property manager um, and due to everything that's going on in the world, I had to leave that or I got stood down from that. Uh, but I walked into that job thinking I was going to get trained. I was a trainee get, thinking I was going to get trained. I literally just got thrown in the deep end. Like, right. so I had to really train on my own in a sense. I had to, I had to teach myself these things out of hours and that because the way it worked was I got in there two weeks down the line, my property manager left. Oh. Uh, so I was shooting bricks in a way <laughs> so, right. and I didn't have anyone to train me anymore. And she was actually doing that role. And, um, it, it's a, in a sense, it's a good learning experience because you learn on your own, but I would have much rather have gotten, gotten trained by someone like you, for instance, uh, to really, to really reduce the time period of expertise in a sense. Like it took me about six, seven months to really be comfortable with the job and confident with my abilities. And, it would have probably taken me three months if I had gotten trained properly. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And the thing is like, you know, and especially when you are in a sales role where like a lot of times, like you have one number to hit usually either you hit your, you hit your quota or you don't. Yeah. Right. So if you're already missing from the get go, like say you have a million dollar, you know, quota and you're already missing your quota walking in the gates, like you're like, crap, like you can't afford to go six, seven months and not hit your number, yeah. right? Because each day it compiles, you have less days to achieve your quota. And that, and that can be a, a real mental drain for people. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh crap, like I'm not where I want to be. I'm not progressing forward. They're questioning themselves. They go through this you know, up and down roller coaster because sales, 
either you hit your number or you don't. It's black and white. Like, like yeah. you hit or you don't, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to push yourself through to know, you know, like, okay, I can get there. But if I had someone help me, it'd be great. But usually most companies say, hey, listen, go hang out with, you know, this guy over here who has been successful and maybe they'll teach you. But reality is, is just because they're successful doesn't mean they know what makes them successful and how to teach someone else to do the same thing. Definitely. Definitely, man. And um, I'd love to step back a bit with your life and pull back the curtains about your earlier days. Um, if you were to look back now, how did you surround yourself with more positive people? Because this is a big, big uh, area that I like to talk about on the podcast with about surrounding yourself with like-minded people because the people that are negative bring you down and everything like that. Um, how did you surround yourself with those type of people to help you grow and help you improve really to get to the next level? Yeah, great question, right? And you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, growing up, I think I was really, really fortunate, um, you know, in the sense of my parents were just awesome, right? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, and a lot has to do with how they grew up too. I mean, my, my parents immigrated to America uh, from China and Taiwan and very, very poor, you know, only a third grade and, or not only an eighth grade and a, a high school education. And when they immigrated to America, they didn't have much, right? So growing up, we were really poor and I was born in America. So we all pitched, we all pitched in. And I, I saw how regardless of whatever tough circumstances we ran into, right? No matter how, how dismal things looked, my dad always stayed positive and he pushed through uh, because simply failure was never an option, right? And he knew complaining was an option. He also knew in America, like he had choices. I mean, he literally was put in a communist re-education camp during the Cultural Revolution. And he saw people with zero rights getting stripped of their freedoms and being placed in camps to get re-educated. So coming to America and having choices <laughs> and being able to push through was really cool for him. So growing up, I got to see that with my dad. So anytime, you know, complaining, et cetera, he would coach me out. I'm like, no, you can't complain. Like, and that was really the first piece, right? And that was really fortunate to have my dad help mold that, you know, framework as a mindset. Now being surrounded by positive people, that I didn't really understand that concept, really know much about till a little bit later on. And, you know, I didn't understand things about toxic relationships. You know, the five people you hang out with becomes the average who you become uh, until a little bit later on. So once I got into, uh, into my, uh, once I graduated, started working in a real job in my first B2B sales role, I was the worst, worst sales professional for the first two months. Like I was the worst rep in the whole company. I did terrible. I struggled, right? And, and during that time when I was trying to, to figure out how to become more successful, I started reading a a lot of sales books and that led to more personal development books, leadership books and all these things and that really started opening my mind. And I started realizing, I'm like, wow, like aside from the sales stuff, like to become a better version of myself, it was so vital that I, I protected my mind. And then I made sure that I only put in my mind the right things. And that includes who I hang out with my circle of influence. So as I started to implement things that I learned, I started to tighten my circle up, you know, in this, at this point, it was like age 22 ish or so I started tidying it up. And what's interesting is, you know, even back then we started having some success, you know, it's kind of cool, but as I got, a little, I got older and older it started achieving more and more and more and more, I started realizing how many haters would kind of evolve out of that. Right. After a while, like, like 
you, you find out your friends when you, when you start with, you know, when you first graduate, you're, they're your friends. But after a while, some people will say, hey, great, great job. They'll support you still. And someone will be like, oh, got it. <laughs> again, you're being successful. Again, you're doing this. And they, they hate on you, it's right? True. So you have to start eventually tightening the circle, right? So as, as I became more successful, the circle became tighter. And that was really important because I need, I need to protect my mind. You know, like, I mean, I literally, I don't even listen to the news anymore because I know it will not help me in my pursuit of greatness. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing with people. And when I started realizing that in my mid twenties, it became better and better and better. Right. So I started seeking out the right people, the right mentors, the right influences. If I couldn't get them around me, then I'd made sure I surround them with books. I was reading audiobooks, physical books, conferences, etc. because I knew by doing that, it would make me a better version of myself. And it's amazing how your mind shifts when you hang out the right people, the positive people, because then those thoughts become your beliefs. Those beliefs become your actions. Your actions become your results by simply changing what you intake into your head. And it all started at the, you know, my, in my early twenties. I love that, man. And I totally agree with everything you just said there. Um, and, and I feel like that's a part of the journey, isn't it? You soon, you have to start by yourself and then you progressively wonder like, how can I actually improve myself? And then you reach out to books, you reach out to mentors, you, you surround yourself with more like-minded people. And it's amazing. Like every single person that I have this conversation with, like they say the exact same thing. So it's no wonder why it actually works because mm -hmm. look at yourself now, you've actually got your own business now and you're, you're, you're killing it. So it's the progressive journey that you have to go through. And I feel like I'm at the, I'm at that stage at the moment with my life. I'm reading those books up there. I'm surrounding yeah, myself it. with people like you. Um, I've got my own coach now. So I'm in that progressive journey. So that's why I encourage all my listeners to go down this journey as well of that self-discovery of trying to find your passion. Um, so if you could like give some tips to people wanting to start impacting other people like you've impacted yeah. a lot of people through your business you've impacted a lot of people through your career even through your instagram page um you're impacting people that way what would you tell them if they wanted to go and impact people within their own niche and passion area yeah so i'll say the first thing that i would do is focus on impacting yourself right and and i, and I say that because um, i know many people they, they want to make a, a bigger difference they want to you know impact more people which i love because for me i know what drives me and influence people impacting is very much it drives me it's, it, it basically fills my cup makes me feel amazing now the way you do it first is you have to first impact yourself right being the best version of yourself is one of the best ways you know so i it's literally just like the auction air mask, you know, analogy on a plane, mm -hmm. you know, they, they tell you first, you know, if something happens, then the mask drop down, put it on yourself first and then help others. Right. And that, that goes to influencing others as well, because you want to be authentic and real and genuine when you, when you help others, you don't want to just give them you know, a bunch of, you know, like, you know, fluffy advice that you'd read in a book. You want to be able to share and help them lead through whatever challenge they're going through by starting from within, right? And, and that's where you will find the most gratitude because there's something amazing about it where when you become the best version of yourself or you're working at it, it's amazing how much more influence you can have on other people, right? And 
and I really uncovered that, especially early on, as I became a better version of myself every single day, and I'm still working to improve myself every single day. The better I became, a, a, the better I became of myself, the better the results started coming from my, me personally. Mm-hmm. And by leading by example, it was amazing how that would just influence people, right? So, for example, like you know, it's um, you know, I, t- I talked to someone recently, and I didn't really even think about this, but um, once I started my business, and I'm actually not a morning person, but I still wake up early for my business, right? And I still wake up every day, except for weekends. I would still wake up at five o'clock in the morning on on weekdays, so I can do my hour and a half morning routine, and then I go and crush my day. And I still do that, even though I don't work for anybody else. And some people say, "Well, hey, you're your own schedule. That's crazy. Why are you doing that?" I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm doing it because it makes me feel like my best version of myself." And then I didn't realize I, I was. I had shared some podcasts this, and and later on, some people sent me some messages that said, "Wow, like I'm so inspired." by what you're doing, that the routine you still have and maintain, even at 5 a.m. wake up, even though you don't have to. Because before I did it because of my corporate schedule. Now, it was like, you're still doing it. And when you become the best version of yourself and you're leading by example in everything that you're doing, right? Whether you are building a business, whether you are a, a, a piano player, pianist, right? whether, you, uh, whether you are a teacher, whether you are a doctor, whatever you are, Lead by example the values you want to portray. And if you don't know what your values are, start there. Uncover your values. Be crystal clear. What do you want to be known for, right? Like if you had a mission statement for yourself or if five years from now, how would the perfect version of yourself look and be like? Anything from how you act, how you think, what you do to what you achieve and what you accomplish. Take those same concepts and say, okay, what can I do today to start working towards that? And start working towards it. And when you start doing that, you will automatically influence people, right? So, for example, let's just say you want to be um, known for being a really healthy eater. You can tell people online and post blog posts about how great a healthy eater you are, or you can do it. Okay, mm-hmm. like you do it, and you can document your journey, right? On Instagram story, you document your journey, document what you're doing, and you will influence people. They're gonna say, "Wow, I love." As you're doing this, I love how you're preparing your food and you will inspire others, even though you're on your journey. But again, it always starts with doing the work in first, right? Because if you don't do that work first, eventually you will get exposed if you are not personally in yourself in the, in the right way. Does that make 100%, sense? hundred percent. And I love that last point that you made about, um, about documenting your journey, like actually taking the action yourself because actions speak louder than words in every, in every sense. You can tell people what to do, but if there's no emotion behind your, your actual words, then there's no, there's no direct response. No one's actually going to respond if they're not emotionally attached to the result in a sense. 100%. 100%. Uh, so I totally agree with everything you're saying. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I also wanted to ask like with the morning routines and I know a lot, I, I used to do that. I've been pretty slack if I'm being honest uh recently happens everyone it happens yeah. uh but if you were to help someone through that and guide them through that journey of the morning routines simply mm-hmm. getting your morning started the right way on the right side of the bed getting up mm-hmm. hammering it down how would you let someone know how to start how would you help them out yeah so i think the first thing i would say is um you want to understand what gives you the most energy makes you feel the most accomplished. And what I mean by that is um, 
everyone has four energy buckets, okay? And um, there's certain things that refill the bucket. Each bucket has to be refilled daily. There's your mental bucket, your emotional bucket, your spiritual bucket, and your physical bucket, right? And each person has different ways to do it. So say, for example, if you are, um, you know, really, really spiritual, right? You may want to start with that first and choose something that aligns with that, that helps motivate you for the rest of the day. And the mistake I think some people make is they go and they, they build this really complex morning routine. Maybe they read an article or a blog post or heard a podcast and say, wow, this person has a hour and a half routine. I'm going to copy that. Well, that's a huge mistake because that routine works for that person, right? My routine works for me. It may not be for anybody else. And that's totally fine. Um, what you have to do is build your own routine and you start off with first, what's going to make you feel the best. And you choose just one thing, one thing that fits in those energy buckets and you do that first. So for example, let's just say if you, if you're, if you're a really spiritual person, maybe it doesn't matter what religion you follow, but maybe you really enjoy reading, uh, the Bible. Okay. So that could be your morning routine to start off with is every morning. I'm going to start off with reading the Bible for one minute. One minute's pretty easy to do, okay? Yeah. So, and the cool part is, is when you start with one minute, it'll probably lead to two minutes. Because once you get started, you got some momentum, right? And then over time, maybe that leads to maybe a 15-minute reading or a 30-minute reading as a result. And then, of course, as you start to uh, have progress with it, you can add more things on that help you feel really great. So maybe next is uh, you love, uh, maybe some yoga really puts you in the right mind. It's spiritual and it feels great. So maybe it's like, oh, I'm going to do five minutes of yoga stretches, right? So now I'm going to do 15 minutes of reading the Bible and then five minutes of yoga stretches, right? You know, and then maybe it's, um, you know what? I always feel better if I drink a glass of cold water first. Okay, and that's next. So you start just adding little chunks on like little, little bricks until you get to the point where it's really great. So for example, um, you know, early on, I really didn't know, right? I mean, I was like, I heard about morning routines, um, one thing I really liked that really spoke to me was affirmations. And I'm like, I really like the affirmations piece where you're stating affirmations that give you confidence, right? Even if they're simple, even simple stuff like, you know, I am the man. I feel awesome. I'm going to have a great day. Whatever they're going to be. Um, to me, that was really, really inspiring. And I started with that first. So I had some affirmations written on a, on a card and I put them in my car. Um, and I still wasn't at that point when I first started, I, I wasn't like doing anything at home. It was literally, I was getting my car. I drive to work. I'm in my car before I walk in and I go through my affirmations. That's how I started. And then, um, you know, and for five minutes and it was great. And then now from there it's evolved and it's gone, it's gone from that to many, many layers and it's an hour and a half long and it starts from the moment I wake up. Right. And I found that this worked best for me. It allowed me to control the day more and that didn't happen overnight. I mean, I took years uh, as I added each thing on, you know, I would get, add some more stuff on as I learned something new or tried something new that I really like other than so for example one thing I it's part of my 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 evening routine uh I gratitude list I've always heard about gratitude list before and uh, two years ago I was going through a really rough spot at work so at that point I said you know what I should try this gratitude list thing out and that's why I tried it out before bed because it, well what I some people do in the morning for me it had a really rough day I was going through some tough stuff that was going on at work I'm like, okay, if I do it at the end of the day, this allows me to focus my, my day on the positive, right? So that was really a really neat thing for me to start doing. And I add that in two years ago and I've never stopped since because I enjoy it so much. Like I still do it to this day, every night before I go to bed, three to five things I'm grateful for. So um, for those out there who are looking to improve the routine, to take control of their morning, choose one thing 
that fits into your core energy bucket, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, or mental, or physical, right? You choose one thing and just do a little bit at first and then build on that and then add more things as you get it, make it into a habit. That's a great way to think about it. And I've never thought about it that way. Um, I've asked a couple of people, a few people about the morning routines. I've never thought about it that way where, and it's, it's so true as well because you see all these professional people doing all these big morning routines. Like the rock wakes up at three in the morning. Now I want to wake up at three in the morning. Like, no, you can't. It's just, it's just not possible at the start. You can work towards that. And it's kind of like at the gym as well. Like when you mentioned the progressive overload, it's kind of like at the gym, like at the gym, you don't start lifting a hundred kilos. You start with 30 kilos and you work up towards that. Um, But yeah, it's a great point. And anyone that's listening really should, really should consider implementing something like this into their lives because it does really impact the way you, the way you improve yourself and just the mental capacity that you have because you've already accomplished so much in the morning. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it this way is you've accomplished this much in the morning People are still asleep. 100%. And you've accomplished this much. So it's just, it's really powerful just to think about it yourself and to really improve on that. Um, and, you know what, what, and what happens with it is you, you prime your mind, is what you're doing, right? And if you think about this, any top athlete, whether it's like Michael Phelps or anybody else, this is how they prime their mind. They have their own version of it to prime their mind, right? And, and, the, and, and that's so key because now, you have mentally, because you, sometimes you don't know how the day is going to go because there's external forces, right? But once you go, you, you control the morning and then whatever happens in between, <laughs> the day, it, it, it can go to hell, right? But it doesn't matter because as long as you have your morning dialed, it's like whatever happens, happens, and you at least accomplished what you set out for in the morning, whether it's one little thing or two things, whether you wake up at 5 a.m., 3 a.m., 9 a.m., do whenever. something, yeah. but make it a habit. Yeah. And you're in control of that, aren't you? It's something that you can actually control and right. like you can't blame it on the people because there's no one awake at that time anyway. Right. So exactly right. You've got control over that time period. So you can utilize that time. However, however you like. And right. um, it's also important to do the morning routine, but it's also important to do the night routine as well. So yes, the, the night leading up to that morning, preparing yourself, preparing the to-do list, like you mentioned, for the next day, mm-hmm. um, even doing some positive affirmations before you go to sleep because it is known that like the last thing that you, that you learn, that you tell yourself, absorbs right before you go to sleep, isn't it? Um, 100%, right? You know, even the evening routine, um, if you think about this, like everyone goes to bed every night. Everyone wakes up every morning. That's just, that's what we've done since the dawn of time. So you cannot, it's hard to control. It's what happens in the middle. You don't always know, but at least when you wake up and when you end your night. And I um, mean, I found if you had a really tough day, a bunch of bad stuff happened, whatever it's going to be, it's so easy to go to sleep with it all in your mind. Yeah. And when you think about this, you know, when, like if you think about if you have a young child, whether it's a baby, a toddler, they have an evening routine that helps them sleep. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes when, as you get older, you forget, you forget that you should do the same thing. And the reason we should have it is it helps us sleep better. And sleep is so key for a really, you know, optimal performance, right? And also help you, you know, regenerate and heal and, you know, be the best version of yourself. So when you go to sleep, you need a way to wind down, right? And, um, and that could be meditation. It could be a gratitude list. It could be breathing exercises. It could be, it could be yoga. Uh, you know, it could be, it could be reading. 
You know, like for me, I like to read a little bit. I review my, I re- review my goals twice a day, right? At night in the morning, I review my goals. I write a gratitude list that it's only 30 minutes and I meditate, but then it puts me in the mode to say, the day is done. The book is closed. Now I can regenerate. Let me go to sleep now yeah. and be the best version of myself and get, get my solid, you know, hopefully seven, eight hours of sleep, if not more, right? So I can be the best version of myself the next day and rinse and repeat. Yeah, and um, sleep is vital. Mm-hmm. Sleep is really vital. And people that say, oh, you can go off three hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. Like, yeah, you can train your mind and your body to do that. I have seen a lot of people do that. I used to work at a retail store and I was stacking shelves. That was like one of my yeah. first jobs. And I remember um, this, this regular customer keep, kept on coming in and kept on coming to my aisle and started speaking to me. And we actually built a really nice relationship. And he, we somehow mentioned the morning routines and the time he woke up. And I'm asking, I'm asking him like, what time do you usually wake up? Because we had built this type of friendship. And he's like, I've trained my mind to wake up at four. And I only have six hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. And he's like 60 years old and he still yep. does this. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? Like at the time, it was like an incredible feat. Like how the hell do you do that? And he's been able to just train his mind and body from that time. And he does it every single day. And it's, it's just routine, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is like, here's what I was wondering too, right? For someone like that, right? Cause I used to, I used to like, it almost became like a bragging right early on, right? I work so hard. I only need four hours of sleep or five hours, et cetera. Right. Um, but here's the thing, like if they got seven to eight hours, how much better could they perform? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, to get true optimal sleep, true deep, you know, REM sleep where your body and your brain cells are regenerating, would they be healthier? Would they get less, you know, sick less, et cetera. Right. I mean, I just found over time, I used to think that same way. And then I started really working on my sleep. Now, obviously when I, when I had kids and all that, stuff, that kind of changed, it makes it a little harder. Um, but if I had the choice, I would get eight to nine hours every single night, right. To put myself in that peak state, because when you get a good night's sleep, you just feel amazing the next day, oh, yeah. right? Like you feel like, wow, like that was a really good deep sleep. You feel like powerful. You can really conquer the world. And that's an amazing feeling. So why not do that every single night as much as you can, you can control it, right? And give yourself the optimal sleep, you know? And what that may mean is that means that you are more efficient throughout the day, right? Like, like what if getting an extra hour of sleep allows you to not have to work 70 hours. You can work 60 hours actually because you're better and you're more productive. You're less distracted. You know, like that's what happens. I mean, there's so many benefits. I've studied the benefits of sleep and high performance. And one of the most common things I see from the the most successful people in the world, from CEOs, business people to athletes, they get their proper rest, sleep, the diet, the working out, and then they can be the best version of themselves for everyone around them. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's a common misconception in the area where uh, you, you hear all these, you hear all these business people and entrepreneurs, they say, Oh, you only need five hours sleep. You, and you wake up, you have the nine to five and then the six to two. Right. Yeah. You can do that. But again, like you just mentioned, think about how productive you're going to be during that time. And think about the next day when you wait, when you go to sleep at 2am, wake up at 6am, how you, how productive are you going to really be? And yeah. I don't think you will be that productive. Yeah. And some people, I think, fool themselves, right? It's kind of like, um, it's like the person who had like too many drinks, but they're like, I can still drive, 
right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm a great driver. I'm totally fine. And yeah, they could maybe maybe they'll drive home and get in no yeah. accidents, right? But but if they didn't drink, if they got the proper rest, how much better of a driver are they going to be? How much better are they going to be in life? How much more efficient? How much better are they going to feel? to be the best version. Cause it may not come in. It doesn't come out in the work, but maybe it comes out in their family. Maybe they're more grumpy, right? Maybe it, it, it always comes out somewhere. Like yeah. we're, we're human beings at the end of the day. Uh, and we still need to sleep. Like, like if, they, if they wake up at four, like four o'clock in the morning, like, man, they probably should go sleep sooner. Go sleep at 8 PM. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get that peak performance, you know, you still need your time to recover. I, I just know anytime I get enough sleep, I feel amazing next day. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. what happens. 100%. You know? what happens? 100%. Yeah. And okay, now moving a bit forward in your life, um, we've, we've covered the morning routines, we've covered your origins, but how did you get into sales and what made you actually get into that type of field? And now you've obviously loved it during that time and what, what really fulfilled that for you? Yeah, what's amazing is um, I actually never wanted to be in sales. It, it wasn't actually something I thought would go into sales and that was something I would just enjoy um you know when i graduated and my parents you know they're 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 chinese and taiwanese they wanted me to be to be a doctor a lawyer an accountant engineer something they considered more prestigious Mm -hmm. and when i graduate or when i went to school i didn't study any of those things and when i graduated i really didn't know what i was going to do so my first role that i i went and got was a sales role but it wasn't because i wanted to be in sales what really attracted me to that role was it was a startup division of a major company and it was an opportunity to build something from scratch, to get clients, build up a business. And to me, that was really, really attractive to be a pioneer, if you will, of something to be, uh, to be like a founder, if you will, to help them with that. Right. And I was a salesperson. And when I mentioned when I got, when I started in sales, I struggled. And eventually, um, when I figured out I started having success, it still took me a long time to admit I was in sales because I remember, um, people would ask me, especially in the first couple of years of me graduating, relatives, family, friends, they say, Hey, uh, Marcus, what are you doing now? And, you know, especially if they're a little bit older, I'll say, Hey, I'm in sales. And they'll say, Oh, well, what do you really want to do? Like, oh, you know, like so I'm like, I, you know, that, that, that stigma with salespeople. So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, and I get that. Right. And if, if that stigma has not gone away. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, you know, like I'm going to, you know, start leading people, et cetera, eventually. Right. And was really fortunate, started having success. It took me years later, um, probably five years later, to really be comfortable saying I was in sales. I mean, it took me at least five years. Wow. And, at, and at that point, like I still was like, okay, cool, but I love leading people, et cetera, right? Um, and as I did it more and more and more, and I had more success, and I saw, and I, what I saw was the impact I could have on people, right? I mean, you know, uh, as I became more successful leading people and teaching them and training them, like, to have like their spouse come up to me at an awards dinner and say, Hey, listen, I just want to thank you. Like, because of you, you bring on, you know, you know, my husband to work for you, you've changed our lives. We've made a hundred thousand dollars more than ever this year. And we were able to buy this house. We did this, we went on this vacation and it's all thanks to you. Like those are the type of thing like, wow. Right. And then yeah. on top of that, developing them to get promoted, all these skills, to, it, I realized selling being in sales is not about selling it's really about influence right and communication and that's really what it's all about and by being in sales is also a good proper solution that could help help someone whether it's a business achieve a next level goal etc and me going to eventually to focus on you know sales training like, like i do now i saw as an opportunity to help even more people right like i mean 
to this day, because the people have been able to become great at sales, it's not always about, you know, they hit their quota, but sometimes it's like they are a better version of themselves. They are more confident. They are more happy. They're happy at work. They're able to, you know, take their husband to, you know, to go shopping and not worry about the money, go to a nice restaurant, to buy a new house, buy a boat, donate money, give back time, attend the, you know, be great at sales. So they have time to hang out at their kids, you know, after school events, you know, and that's what I love about what I do now because now all I do is train. It gives people the power to have choice the power to have options because now they have a skill that can apply to really any sales role they're in. It does not matter what they sell. They apply those skills. They get the result. They create freedom, freedom of choice, and they can do whatever they want with that. And that's how I eventually got into sales, but then also ultimately why I stayed in sales because now I realize it is a tool, right? It is a tool. Being great, I mean, sales is the oldest profession in the world, right? Now, some people think it's something else, right? Like prostitution, right? But if you think, if, if you think about this, that's a subset of sales. Yeah. There's something else, right? I'm, not, I'm not saying it's cool to do, but I'm just saying that's still sales, right? Yeah. So sales is the old profession in the world, right? So if you become great at sales, you can change your life and other people's lives as a result. Yeah, and it's all about... Um really in a like a service-based role it's all about actually selling them in order to impact them on a greater level right you can give them free value but once they actually invest into themselves and invest into their knowledge kind of like how you're selling your training they're investing in themselves and they're just getting a much bigger return um and with the just helping others it's so it's so fulfilling for you for instance and for me just helping others and getting that random message every once in a while saying, thank you so much for giving me the time. It's just so fulfilling. And we, and like, we don't do it for the praise. We don't expect anything in return. We just, that's just a nice, it's a nice give back in a sense from them. Um, And with sales, it's, it really is about collaboration. It's really about communication, isn't it? Um, Yeah. And how do you how do you actually help people with sales? What what exactly do you do to really emphasize that communication and collaboration? Great question, right? So you know when when people work with me, right? And I have a few different programs. My most popular program is is it's called Six Figure Sales Academy. And what it is is um, there's a few different parts. So the first piece is there's my digital training. It's an online digital training. It's it's literally A to Z. It teaches everything from prospecting, uh, discovery calls, closing, exploding, growing accounts. I teach step-by-step. They know exactly what to say, what to do, how to ask questions. Uh, Really, every part of the sales process is taught in there. Then they also get um, weekly group coaching. So I coach coach in their specific situation to help them become great at that. They get a private Facebook group to ask questions as well. They get all the templates, et cetera. So this allows me to uh, have, have a program to follow, but also my support to help them maximize their performance. And that's really, really important, right? Um, and really, the thing is, those who are truly great at sales, it's not about how great they pitch. It's really about how, how great are they at, at asking questions and really, truly have, uh, how to have great active listening skills. Because when they have those great active listening skills, 
they will able they'll able to solve more problems and take care of their customer more. Mm -hmm. And I teach it all through my program step by step. So this way they can do that. Right. And when you think about this, um, the mistake what many people don't realize is selling is in everyone's lives, right? I mean, really to sell somebody is really uh, is basically you're, you're influencing somebody to part ways with either uh, time, money, resources, yeah. et cetera, right? And it happens everywhere, right? If you are a doctor, you are selling to a patient why they need a certain prescription or procedure to solve an ailment. If you are a teacher, you are selling to students why they need to acquire and, and you know internalize certain knowledge. Yeah. If you're a parent, you're selling your kid to do something else, right? So there's always something, you know, if you're an accountant, you might be influencing your boss, right, to, to, for a raise, et cetera. So it happens in every part of our lives. So the better people are at sales, really to be great at communication and influence, which really are skills that apply regardless of whatever role you are in. It's so versatile. It, it's, and like you said, it's everywhere. You need to, mm -hmm. if you can't influence someone, then it's, it's very difficult. You need to be able to influence people and this skill can be used in a wrong way. People can take advantage of it. Um, and unfortunately that does happen, but you can't, you can't dismiss that. That's going to happen in any industry. Uh, but it can also really help you grow as a person, just influencing people to follow you. If you're creating an Instagram page, for instance, uh, like influence people to follow your story and to get to know you more and to really build that fan and following. Um, and that leads me on to my next question about your Instagram page. How are you impacting people through your Instagram page? And uh, I see, I just followed you and you got insane content. So props to you. Thank, thank you. For, you. Thank you for promoting that stuff. Um, but how are you impacting people on a greater level through your Instagram? Yeah, great question, right? And, and to be quite frank, I probably could do a better job on Instagram. <laughs> like, I think I could spend more time on there and, What's interesting is, you know, when I first started that page um, a couple of years ago, and you know, I, I first put on there, you know, just like some basic stuff. But um, now I've ch I've changed a little bit. Where now it's like I primarily do motivational quotes, um, you know, because this allows me to really not just sales people, but really people in general, right? So uh, providing the motivational quotes, I'll share stories, I'll share clips of you know interviews like this on there. Uh, to hopefully inspire and help people, right? And then um, it's really a great way for me to get in front of people to help them with any of my programs, whether it's my free content, because like 99% of my stuff is like free. Yeah. So it's, it's like my free trainings, my, my blogs, or my article posts, you can read that as well. You know, and that's where it's a great platform for that. And I, I like Instagram a lot because of that. But then I also use, I mean, I'm, I'm much more, I'm bigger on LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn, like okay. I'm much more focused on there just because, uh, I could do more long form stories, a long form posts in there, longer things that really can impact. But also my target audience, majority of them actually spend more time on LinkedIn. So right. um, I still love Instagram because, you know, it's just, I love the visual piece of it, right? But I, I, I think I'm, I'm like, man, I really should really improve my Instagram game. Everyone's got, like, I looked at your page, like, man, this guy's got amazing carousels. Like, I, I got on <laughs> my game still. <laughs> still working on that. But yeah, I appreciate that though. No, that's fine, man. Thank you for sharing. Um, just the last question, and thank you so much for your time today. It's been a privilege to get to know you and your story. Um, where can people find you? You mentioned Instagram, you mentioned LinkedIn. Where can where's the best place someone can find you and reach out to you? Yeah, awesome, right? So super easy way, I would say is uh, LinkedIn is my probably my, my favorite way. So if you looked up uh, Marcus Chan on LinkedIn, it's the only guy that says speedos and a tagline. I used to sell speedos, right? So <laughs> that's uh. 
that's on there, right? But uh, also, uh, also a, a free Facebook group as well, where people can um, you know ask questions. There's free trains in there. It's called Real B two B Sales Talk, right? Uh, or you can also just head to uh, www.sellmoresellbetter.io. Uh, sell more, sell better to IO, and it'll redirect you into the private group as well. So it's completely free, free trainings, tactics, strategies, tell people to sell more and sell better, right? So. Perfect. Perfect. And all those, dis- all those uh, links will be in the description, guys, if you, wanted, if you do want to follow that and uh, reach out to Marcus. He's a perfect example of trying to perfect sales. Um, thank you again so much for your time today, Marcus. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's my absolute pleasure as well. Thanks again, Rash. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Speak to you soon. Motives, I really hope you got some valuable content out of Marcus. He is an incredible person and he's got such a great insight into life. Please go check him out on Facebook, uh, Real2B Sales. All the links will be in the description down below. He's got a free Facebook group on there, providing heaps of free courses and programs to you guys. He's also got a LinkedIn and an Instagram as well. All those links will be in the description. Go check him out. Send him a message. Congratulate him. Uh, learn from him. Do whatever you need to do. He's a great person, and he'll be more than happy to help you out. Love you guys. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye.